It's cool. I like it. I think the shit's about to hit the fan. Get your facts straight. Ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> everybody welcome it is another episode of the silver motion podcast my name is will my name is steven yes it is and uh <laughs> today we are going to talk about sergio leone's second spaghetti western it's it's called for a few dollars more it's from 1965 and it came out in the u.s in 67 okay a few months after the first movie now, when they were made, they were they weren't made that close together, were they? Or they they were made. Um, the first one was sixty four. This one is sixty five, and okay. then Good, Bad, and the Ugly was sixty six. Okay, so they were kind of just made right in a row. Yeah, right in a row, one a year. But then in the U.S., all three of them came out in nineteen sixty seven, like a few months apart, like okay. four months apart or something. They just blasted them out, <laughs> <laughs> and by the end of that year. At the beginning, Clint Eastwood was a nobody, and at the end of the year, he was a superstar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh. In the U.S., he was a he was he was a star right from the fistful of dollars in in Europe and stuff. It was a big hit, but mm. but uh, in the U.S., they didn't come out until '67. All right. So this one is uh, a little bit different. It adds the the character of Colonel Mortimer, played by the great Lee Van Cleef. Yep. Um, yeah, it's almost more his movie than Clint Eastwood's movie. Yeah, they share it. They share it. I mean, it, like, it opens with Lee Van Cleef character. and It does. It The arc is really kind of more about his revenge story than it is about anything that really touches on... This is true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they do kind of give him a name in this movie called Manco. Yeah, they do call him Manco, which is, uh, is it his name? I don't know. I kind of, like, just took it as, like, some bullshit name he wrote down in the ledger to... <laughs> yeah, it's, it, perhaps. <laughs> just, or just told the guys, like, his, his little uh, cover name just to... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think they call him something in, uh... Good, bad, and the ugly too, but I can't remember. It's been a long time. Mm. We'll find out at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to <laughs> proceed, I guess you do. I don't know. So this movie is a classic, um, but is it? Is it, uh, it? Did it ring Stephen's bell? <laughs> did you like it? Yeah, it was fun, and it was it was a little long, I think. But I think it was not- a little long. Well, wait it till we get justified. to good, bad, and the ugly. It felt like, like I remember just pick, looking at the case and just being like, "Oh, how long? This? Oh, fuck! It's over two hours. Damn!" And then like, but yeah. it feels justified by the end of it. Yeah, I would. I I agree that like looking at it at a runtime, you'd be like, "Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't this ninety minutes? You know, it's a fucking spaghetti western. Who gives a shit?" Right. But uh, Leone is uh, he's. he's I think that first movie is like 90 minutes but uh he he's a master of the long movie <laughs> and this is his first foray into that and this one is just a, a little bit over two two hours yeah it was like two and ten minutes or something yeah but, yeah so it wasn't too bad in length but yeah but the next two are both about three mm. Maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, they're all around. Th- the next two are around. I have to three. brace myself and plan accordingly. Yeah, and both of those movies are like fucking incredible, though. So <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I don't know. I don't know what I feel like. I feel. I mean, I feel they're great because they <laughs> are. But <laughs> I don't know what you'll feel. 
Right, because like by the end of this movie, I was sitting there thinking, "Oh, we got like half an hour left. Oh shit, he's throwing more curveballs at us still. Yeah, like, there's still more new shit and twists and yeah, just things playing out in weird ways." And yeah, I don't think like did you get bored at all? No, no, it was. Yeah, I never got bored. Well, that's good because yeah, I feel like it's pretty solid. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's pretty solidly paced. Yeah, there's nothing in there that i can just be like oh well that was like yeah just dragging (laughs) (laughs) no it all like adds up it's uh, it's fairly simple but it's uh it's got a lot of steps that it goes through yeah and it does have to put all the pieces together and i think it does it very well right like the first fistful of dollars is a remake of yojimbo so he had something to kind of base it on but this movie is not it's just uh an original Mm-hmm. Um. So, it's uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's, I, a, it's a bit of a different experience. For yeah, you. it's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a very different movie, but it also there's a lot of echoes back to the first movie where like, oh, now this is the they're getting tortured and they're getting beat the fuck up. And, right. I was. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I like that. I was kind of expecting this scene where he'd get like captured and smacked around. And right. Then, yeah, I mean, so the, it, there's things like that 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 come up, mm-hmm. but it's and and just the idea of of in the first movie there's the two warring parties in the town, and then Clint Eastwood comes in and he's like the triangle point that's kind of working them against each other, and mm-hmm. so in this movie there's a bit of a triangle with the three main characters, but right. the the d- dynamics of that are a lot different but it is kind of a similar sort of triangle going yeah. on uh, like i was thinking there i'm like oh there's not nearly so much of the just like moral ambiguity of like is this guy a good guy or a bad guy like he's he seems good in this one yeah now. he's he's a lot more just clearly doing things that are like morally right like, like up like more honest or whatever like yeah he's like a pretty even stand like up right dude. at the beginning where he's like calls the sheriff out for being like for not taking care of the yeah <laughs> of the issues like you gotta get me to do all this shit like <laughs> are you the sheriff shouldn't you be doing this shit right like <laughs> and i kind of got a feeling that i was missing something in that exchange that it was like some kind of like maybe if i went back and checked it because the way he says is like isn't a sheriff supposed to be like honest or like so what courageous or what he lists these three things and the last one was like and above all honest like as if there was some lie in there that he caught him out on and oh yeah i don't know and i was thinking oh maybe if i like went back on a later viewing or something and like yeah pieced it together because he gets he finds the dude okay and then he gets like ambushed by the three guys who come in and behind him and i was kind of thinking oh maybe like the sheriff set that up or something like yeah, was maybe. in on it maybe I, yeah, and he like know. figured it out but it wasn't going to get him anything so he just like <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know that that's in there but uh, yeah I don't know yeah. like I just when he said that phrase I just felt like honest seems like the one the because it's if it had just been like why aren't you taking care of it it would seem like courage would be the one that he would be emphasizing like you didn't have the balls to do this right but no it's like above all honest like wait what what was he being dishonest about what was that where was yeah, that failure and it just made me think back of what possibly could have been that yeah. uh, failure of honesty that huh. he calls out so well i don't have any answers for you <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't see anything cuz i'd need to go back and uh, yeah because that sheriff is, like, barely in it. Yeah, he's there for, like, one scene, and it was just like, wait, that's a weird... It was just, like, a weird setup that made me think there was something I'd missed and that I might notice if I was looking yeah. for it. But. Well, maybe they have a history that you just don't see. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is uh, that one scene where uh, Lee Van Cleef is looking through the old newspapers and finds the the picture yeah. of uh, Clint Eastwood doing some... So he's been... He, like, he's clearly been around and in the area yeah. and stuff, so... Right, right. Like you get the feeling he kind of knows the places a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's yeah, he's trying to make some money doing the uh, bounty hunting, bounty killing, as they say here. Yeah, yeah. It felt like I was watching it for the first time, to be honest, because 
I haven't seen this in a long fucking mm. time, like since I was a teenager, and it was the one that I watched the least, so I've probably only seen it two or three times. Mm-hmm. Whereas Fistful of Dollars, I've seen a bunch, a bunch, mm-hmm. and the Good, Bad, and the Ugly, maybe four or five times. So this one is just kind of. I didn't remember shit. So, I, like, I don't have any sort of uh, insider knowledge from watching it a bunch of times or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know anything about the sheriff. He's probably a dishonest dude, though. Yeah, that's, that's my thought. That's my, like, theory for the... Yeah. I think with with the moral ambiguity of, of, the, of the Clint Eastwood character, I think that plays into why the revenge arc or whatever is not his and why it's uh Lee Van Cleef's. Right. Because yeah. he he is just this outside player that doesn't have anything no stakes. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what he was in the first movie. He yeah. just kind of walks in and and takes advantage of the situation. Right. And that's kind of what he's doing here too is just Yeah. He's I mean for... he is outwardly good. He is on the side of the of the of the good side. Right. But uh, he's also making a lot of money at the same time by being on the good side. So, right. He's uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, you don't like in the first movie, you were kind of like, oh, is this guy just going to like screw people over to get his money? Yeah. And this one, it feels a lot more like, no, he's only going to screw over the bad guys. He's going to let yeah normal people live their lives. Yeah, it does seem that way. And in the first movie, that's a little less clear on that, where right. like you think maybe he's going to just start fucking people up to get some more cash if it. <laughs> yeah, but he always seemed like he has a good heart. Maybe yeah. that's just me wanting to see that, but <laughs> but you know, like the part where at, in this movie where he's where uh, Indio, the the main bad guy, right. bad guy, <laughs> I can't talk. But uh, he he's like, okay, we're gonna do the bank robbery, and you and these four guys are gonna go and rob the bank in Santa Cruz so that they you know run the telegram and get the guys out of El Paso, mm-hmm. and so. He could have just, you know, did that and killed some people right, or whatever. Right. But he makes sure to, to, like, save all of those people in Santa Cruz. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, you got to have a good heart to do stuff like, you know. He, right, he's right. like, no, I'm not going to kill random people. <laughs> yeah, there's that scene, like, kind of later on where... Indio's like, oh, go down there and prove that you're gonna be like useful in a in a fight. Yeah, because we haven't seen you shoot yet. We don't. Oh, and right, so, right, right. There's, there's like the three guys come to face him out, and like he could have just shot them down. Yeah, but he's like, no, nah, I'm not just gonna kill these random guys. I don't know if they're good or bad. Like, so he right. like shows off instead. Yeah, to prove his point, and so it's kind of like, yeah, he's he's taking actions that like actively avoid. Right, uh, being a bad guy in a way that it, you weren't sure he was doing that in the first movie. Now, if those three guys had bounties, yeah, I then, think, then I think that's their ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, he didn't have a bounty poster on him of like, right? So they might have had bounties. He just yeah, he didn't just didn't know. know about it. But yeah. you know, he wasn't gonna just go and kill some random guys yeah. for no reason. You, you got to know that the bounty's there before you start blasting people. Uh, in in uh, in his mind, so right, so that, that kind of puts him on the the good guy side there. Yeah, you gotta like the guy. I mean, the, he's coming back for a second movie, so <laughs> you know, he he was a big hit. We we liked him in the first movie, and then you can't just make him an asshole in the second movie, <laughs> right? So it's kind of like you kind of at first, at any rate, kind of feel like it's the Lee Van Cleef guy who might be the more morally ambiguous guy yeah you know because he just walks on and is just like no nah, i'm stopping the train <laughs> yeah you were very <laughs> just I like love that. and then the train dude's just like hey why'd you do that like what the fuck is wrong with it he just like shows off his gun the guy's like oh you're <laughs> just like oh man this guy's an <laughs> asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw that and well because i already like lee van cleef so i'm just like man what a badass <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker and i already know that like he's a good character in the movie right and stuff, so but uh, yeah i don't know if this is his first 
if if this is where he really rose to to the starring role, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that it is because mm-hmm. I know he's in a like like a lot of like bit parts and shit in westerns and stuff. You'll see him, but I'm pretty sure this was like his his big claim to fame, and then right. he started starring in other movies, uh, spaghetti westerns and American westerns and all kinds of shit. All, he's in you know tons of shit. He's in Escape from New York and shit, you know he's just like. <laughs> big fucking genre movie actor if you if you continue on the the path of the the genre fan he's a guy that will come up now and again yeah and i know i've heard his name around before and yeah i just haven't really placed it to anything oh but. man he's fucking awesome <clears throat> yeah did you think he was awesome in this? yeah he was <laughs> Like every every time he like pull, he's got all these freaking fancy guns and yeah, I love those guns. Sharp shooting master. And yeah, he's so. he's awesome. I love his voice. He has a great voice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got a good voice to be the kind of the the character that he is. It yeah, works really well for him. Yeah, and that is his voice. This movie, uh, as as with any Italian movie shot without sound. Um, but Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef dubbed themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could, like, in a lot of places, I could tell that it was dubbing. Yeah. But, like, honestly, over those, th- them two, it didn't really feel like it. Yeah. No, it, they're pretty good. It never good. stood out. It never, like, I mean, it was, but it wasn't, it was never, like, it never stood out, like, oh, he's just dubbed that line over the no it re- it's it really surprising really, yeah it, it, yeah it's kind of works really well for at least for those two characters yeah yeah i mean and there's other characters that are speaking english cuz with with the italian movies they did it because it's a multinational cast and right like uh, the <clears throat> guy who plays the hunchback yeah, um, yeah. Klaus Kinski. I didn't. I don't. I guess I didn't know who he was when I first saw this movie. But he's a big fucking actor that's in all kinds of crazy shit. He's mm-hmm. a German guy, and like, you know, he's probably on set speaking German. He also speaks English though, so maybe I don't know. Anyway, that's yeah. not his voice <laughs> mm. <laughs> speaking English in the movie. But uh, yeah, it's, uh... it's just it's impressive how. Like, when you know that there's no sound shot with these, and you think about just everything coming together just in post, like, dubbing yeah. and sound effects and all that stuff. Yeah, like, like it's really was, impressive. At some point, I was kind of thinking about that with the footsteps and the way it, like, had this, like, gravelly sound yeah, to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, like, wait, no, they, they would have, like, that's a sound effect. That's not just, like, yeah. live capture. They, they had to think about putting that in there. Yeah, and, well, and just in general most most things like that like footsteps and stuff is is afterwards mm-hmm. sound effects like most most movies like that kind of stuff is is yeah, all they're not gonna yeah capture that on the uh, mic as they were recording. right <laughs> yeah there's some there's some movies um there's a Dan- you 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 you're familiar with uh <laughs> the filmmaker Lars von Trier <laughs> He in the in the in the in the late nineties, he had a like he did this contract with uh, a couple of other filmmakers. I don't know if they're all Danish, but um, anyway, the, one of the the tenets of this contract was that they were going to make movies without any added sound effects. It was just going to be what you could pick up with the mic. Mm. And if you watch movies like that, where or like low budget movies where they're just doing it and not trying to like uh, set out to make a movie like that man you really notice how much shit is afterwards uh, Mm -hmm. done in in post for regular like mainstream movies I mean it's like almost everything (laughs) it's nuts it's really nuts like the the art of sound effects and sound design that's why there's a fucking oscar for it because it's a big deal it's it's very it's it's really an impressive kind of an art and in these movies and in the shaw brothers movies 100 percent of sound and it just always blows my mind at how well like everything syncs up and just yeah 
It's not always that way, of course. <laughs> not always. Yeah. There's there's some really shitty, you know, spaghetti westerns that don't do it as well. I mean, this is the, the but, high watermark yeah, no. <laughs> for spaghetti westerns or Italian westerns. We should, you know, <laughs> we don't want to be derogatory. <laughs> they don't like the, the Italians aren't fond of the spaghetti western term. Huh. Um. Okay. That old man on the next to the train tracks. Who's, uh, oh yeah, the way he talks and it's just like you like that guy. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's obvious. Like he's one of the more obviously dubbed characters, yeah, yeah. but he's still just he's a very expressive old dude. <laughs> right, <laughs> he's just fun to watch him. <laughs> yeah, he was fun. I love that guy. Yeah, and the I don't know how much because you've watched like anime dubs you know way back when or whatever yeah i mean it's but um and those are always shitty almost always <laughs> yeah but like a regular movie dubbing is usually pretty fucking bad too and so it just makes these i don't know i'm just talking too much about fucking dubbing but like I've seen so much bad dubbing, and so when you see these movies that are just 100% dubbed, even the original language Italian stuff is dubbed, it's just, like, it's so impressive to me. I, I, I know I'm just saying the same thing over and over, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's, uh, it, it is an impressive uh, when you get it right and they do it yeah. well. And like, it's impressive to me that they were doing it in the 60s fucking perfectly, and there's no computers. It's all just on tape and yeah like a, a manipulation of knobs and like no visuals they just knew what the fuck they were doing and like dubs like i heard a dub from um those what's that fucking the girl who played with fire or whatever the fuck those oh the the, the dragon tattoos yeah those things, dragon tattoos yeah. The the original language version of that, I watched those dubbed because Laura wanted to watch them with me, and she wanted she can't read the subtitles because she can't really see that well. Right. But uh, and so we watched it, and those dubs were fucking excruciating, just <laughs> just the most awful shit. And that's like 2010 or something, mm. and it just like blew my mind. It's like God, what what piece of shit? Like they could do they had. They got computers. They can can't do better than this. It was just mixed horribly. Just, oh. mm. Sounded like dog shit. The girl with the dog shit tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a tattoo. Holy for you. fuck. Anyway. So in this movie, especially at the ending, the end sort of duel with uh, Lee Van Cleef and. Indio. I forget that actor's name. It's like fucking I can't remember his name. He's awesome though. He's he's yeah. in Fistful of Dollars also. That duel is very it's like drawn out and 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 uh very tension filled. Yeah, yeah. And that is the sort of thing that Sergio Leone really starts to exaggerate in the later movies and that's like really the first there's other stuff in it in in the in, in earlier in the movie and a little bit in the first movie but man like yeah. that scene is fucking like a prototype for like what he went <laughs> on to do in all of the other movies yeah and so and I, I was wondering if you enjoyed that scene you know i i think it i was thinking about that at the time of like oh man this is like really just building this entire yeah sequence just around the tension and yes yes just around this drawing out of this moment and <clears throat> i think there it works i don't know that i would like i that kind of thing tends to bug me i think here it worked like it was done very well uh, and effectively yes, he is a master so i don't know if uh I would continue to enjoy even further exaggerations. Ooh, on I think it. you would. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The the ones in in Good, Bad, and the Ugly and Once Upon a Time in the West are fucking they're like ah, they're so good. <laughs> so maybe we'll see. Maybe, but it's that kind of that kind of tension drawing out is what uh, 
my least favorite anime series do as yeah. their primary and only narrative device usually yeah, yeah. and it just so i kind of have this mm, kind of <laughs> attitude towards it in general yeah just because i've seen it done very very poorly in anime before and it's yeah. it can really bug me and well this is uh, i mean i don't know how much of that was done prior to Sergio Leone, especially in this sort of gunfight sort of situation. I mean, that's right. like, he's, you know, because like samurai duels in movies are kind of built on tension where they're staring at each other, dancing around for a while, but they, it's like one swipe and then the guy dies, you know. Right, that's that's kind of always been that. But they're Japanese not, style. like, I know I talked about this in, when we were talking about the first movie, it's like the use of close-ups in the in the mid sixties. Yeah, shit didn't have close-ups like this movie and Fistful of Dollars, and so the constant cutting between their faces and like the building tension of the music and just all of that is so unique for the time and just so iconic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because you you said that you enjoyed it, so I feel like uh, yeah, yeah. It's a. I mean, it's. There always comes down this to this factor of did you do it well? Yeah. And that can always overcome. Just well, it's not something I like, but if it's done really well, that can overcome that, and it certainly does in this instance. I'm yeah. not going to say it will do it <laughs> or continue to do it in the future in, yeah. in other spots, but. Uh, certainly in that specific instance it was it was fine and yeah it worked he because he, he creates like the whole atmosphere of just the feeling and and then i love i fucking love how how it's it, like you think like oh shit here it is and then clint eastwood comes in yeah yeah and fucking like ups it again <laughs> and you're like oh, motherfucker i love it that's so good you know like, it was kind of funny, because I thought at first, because by that point in the movie, you know the Lee Van Cleef character has the opposite watch. Yes. Like, it, I mean, it's never explicit, but it's like, you see him carrying it. Yeah, and they you, kind of cut back and forth a little yeah, bit between the two guys like and the watch. If you're paying attention, it's pretty obvious that they have these paired watches. Yes. That, um, so I was just expecting Lee Van Cleef to bust his out right then at the end. And then, like, when... Clint Eastwood comes out with it. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I was kind of expecting it to be something along the lines of, because he, because the, the Indio guy, he's using it throughout the movie and like, he'll use it like as a timer for the duels. Yes. And like when this stops, like duel begins, then we go. And so I was feeling like, oh, it's going to be this thing where like nobody, like he's, he listens to that damn thing all the time. Oh, he, he knows, knows it's yeah. timing like precisely. Yeah, and so it's like nobody else knows that timing as well as him. So he's always gonna get a, get a, get up on them on that. Right. But Lee Van Cleef, he's probably just he as familiar it, yeah. with it because he's got his own, and yeah, the, yeah. and so they're gonna be more. And so, but it kind of doesn't really like go into that. But no, it's still really. like that. Just seems like in my mind, I was like, oh, that's gonna be his. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't like not do it but it's it's yeah it it's, doesn't say that doesn't happen or right, something it's it, just kind of yeah. like it's just not it could be there right it's, it's never said but i mean yeah. you could explain the events that occur <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's definitely a possibility i didn't hadn't thought about that for sure and this is also i don't i don't remember but I know for a fact that the music to this movie, which I love, was composed before the movie was shot. Mm. And I don't know if they did that with Fistful of Dollars. I don't remember. I probably said it on the podcast, but I don't remember shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if I remembered it then... I'm sh- I just fucking read it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I know for a fact that this one, they they, all the music was done, and like Sergio Leone was shooting on set 
sometimes like to the music so he he knew exactly like mm. what it was going to sound like what it was going to look like and okay. okay like probably how he was going to cut it there probably was storyboards and stuff involved like normal movies um but i don't know but anyway the music is a very integral part of this movie and and uh by design you know it's not just like yeah. he just laid some fucking score on top of it it's it's part of the, the yeah. foundational piece of the of the, of the, mo- of the movie itself hmm. did you notice the music at all because i know you're not like a big music person i mean i i definitely noticed it at times like especially but i think mostly i noticed it with when in connection with the watch the watch yeah that watch because there's a lot of moments where the actual background music like overpowers the watch yes and it just got, like you start out with the watch and then it fades into this yeah grander music and right. starts uh, showing all these different shots and things and right, like right, right. setting up the drama that way and so it was it was definitely a really powerful presence in the film for sure yeah it's so good <laughs> and that's like I hate to fucking harp on Tarantino again but <laughs> That's the thing that really bothers me about it, where he just takes Morricone music and uses it in his movies. Like, I guess at some level it's the same where it's like, oh, it's composed before the movie. <laughs> but, like, right. he was composing it probably to, he had a script and and of, of for a few dollars more. And he's like, okay, so this is the scene. And Leone was like working closely with him and saying yeah, like, they, they okay, were, so I probably have this shot and this shot and we're going to go. They were built together to yeah. support each other. Yeah. And so like to then just take that <laughs> work of art and then just to be like, okay, now I'm going to build something else around this piece of music. Cause he does build scenes around pieces of music. Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's a big deal for him is the music. Yeah, so I just feel like it's like a cop-out as an artist because instead of... It's like he doesn't want to be vulnerable. He knows this piece of music works. He knows it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I'll build my scene on top of this already, this thing that's already proven. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like, fuck, man, come on. have some, Work with a composer. Write a fucking score <laughs> and, you know, build something that's brand new. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of get the feeling with Tarantino that he just hits on an idea and goes, "Oh, cool!" and just grabs it and just starts running with it. And yeah, uh, to a degree, I think that is true. There was something I think it was like something about like when he was making Kill Bill and he was yeah. talking about uh, the, some piece of music in there that like he was visiting Japan in prepping for making the movie and stuff and it was kind of early stages of it whatever he was in japan though for whatever reason yeah and he's you know thinking about this movie he's trying to make and all this stuff he's doing and at some point he's like in some store and just like the music playing on the the indoor speaker he's like oh that'll be perfect for this scene (laughs) and he'd like run he just like tries to find the store manager and find out like what and get like the cd that has this and he's like no i gotta do it now i know i'll I'll forget if i wait and just try he's like i've got to just do this now and so I, i get the feeling that he just has this kind of a manic uh, <laughs> kind of like the idea hits him and he's just right. gonna like go nuts with it and so I don't know if that uh, means it's any better or worse than, <laughs> but yeah it's just kind of I think that's just kind of how he operates I guess is uh, yeah that's that's probably one I know like yeah whatever I don't want to fuck him <laughs> but yeah I mean he, I'm sure that's part of how he operates and then I know that he has like other things where he's writing the scene and he's very carefully like choosing like okay I'm gonna use this fucking music from this part of Django over this because I know that like it will match yeah. the mood of this scene that I'm trying to write or whatever it just seems it seems like a too easy mm. you know I don't know anyway regardless of copying movies or whatever it's just like that specific use usage of of score from other movies because like you use a song whatever who gives a shit 
That's a song. It's still kind of the same thing, but yeah. Anyway, my fucking rant cast. <laughs> oh man, I got them in me. That's for Maybe. damn sure. <laughs> Most people do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do they? I don't know. Well, I, I think that's where you get all these like YouTube videos about how much somebody hates something, and they're just gonna rant about it. And, yeah, you know, I think there's a I lot. Guess. There's a lot of that on YouTube. Of uh, well, the thing with Tarantino that really sticks in my head about it, it's not that I hate him because I think he's good. Like I think he has real potential to make great movies, and I fucking love that, and I want to see him like realize that potential. So it's really mm. frustrating because like there are movies that I love of his, like Jackie Brown and and Inglorious Bastards. I think those are fucking great, mm. but they, you know, they. It's not like they don't also succumb to these problems that I that I have with his his style but uh i know he's got a good movie in him i don't know if he does anymore (laughs) i haven't seen the last the last one and he's got a new one coming out but that i probably i don't really i probably won't watch but i just i don't know like if i didn't if i hated him i just wouldn't give a shit about him it's mm. because i know that there's potential it's just like god damn yeah. it come on man like you could do, do better than this uh i don't know cuz yeah i mean there's people that i don't like i can't even think of them right now <laughs> like i'm trying to think of who's somebody that i don't like that i just hate and i don't care about their movies i don't know they're out of my brain i don't even think about them right. they're just fucking gone you just until you see some listing of films, just be like, "Oh, there's that." Film. Oh, it's by right. this guy. I'm not going to watch it. Right, <laughs> and I don't get mad about it. Like, I don't give a shit. It's just, yeah. it's just who gives a shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't get the the yelling at the internet about things that you hate because it's like getting mad at Trump. Like, I don't like him, but I can get. I can yell and get so furious in my room, and like, well, it doesn't do anything. Right, <laughs> it just hurts me. Yeah, I don't know. So you know, these people are gonna keep making their movies no matter how mad I get. You know, right? <laughs> I just wish Tarantino would realize some of that fucking potential. He's uh-huh. good, damn it. And I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> uh. No, I don't know whatever anyway um do you think this is a better movie than fistful of dollars i don't know i mean i kind of want to say that just uh on the fact that uh fistful of dollars is so heavily based on yojimbo yeah whereas this is more of its own thing yeah and just kind of builds on like its own merits kind of right and so to that extent i kind of just want to say yeah i would prefer this one but yeah i think it's better yeah i think it is and just uh i mean it's it's very well put together and yeah it's a solid fucking movie it's so fun i don't know yeah. And it mo- it like it's it's over two hours, but it doesn't seem like that. It goes, right. it goes like, you know, it's just entertaining. Yeah, like as usual, I was like at the beginning, kind of like waiting for things to get rolling. But, oh, I mean, you they were. get rolling, you and were. it's like I mean, it's that's just my normal yeah thing that I kind of do with damn near everything. It seems, and so I'm always curious about this. At what point do you think they got rolling? Like, <laughs> like I want like uh, he's on the train. He's reading a paper or whatever. You're bored. I'm not bored like that. And it's it's just that's the setup. It's yeah. like the here's what you need to know, and I, I can tell like oh this is the character establishing right. scene where we're just introducing a character. At first, I kind of thought it was going to be uh, Clint Eastwood when he takes uh, the Bible down. I was kind of like. <laughs> I, I think that's probably by design because yeah, you know you're going in to see this movie you're know, like yeah fucking Clint Eastwood let's go yeah yeah <laughs> you're like oh who's this guy right right but you kind of you know he's this badass dude who's not gonna take shit and right yeah he very quickly asserts himself you know he's fucking pulling the emergency brake and this train's gonna fucking stop <laughs> whatever <laughs> right. Tuscaloosa or whatever he says. <coughs> 
Yeah, when does it really get rolling? I don't know. It's because after that, it kind of, it does kind of go to Clint Eastwood's character and yeah, kind of establishing him in a very similar way. Yeah, and, yeah. And it it's definitely kind of like paralleling those two characters all through the movie, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, what happens after that? I guess they kind of... I don't know. I guess it's once they start to like entangle with each other and their their yeah. paths start crossing and overlapping and yeah, that's a little bit farther in. Yeah, I think that's when it, when all the plans just start colliding. Yeah, I think that's when it really starts getting rolling. And right, but you couldn't get to that without the setup. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what, you know. like I mean, yeah, you, you have this essential <laughs> setup that's kind of yeah. the slower build, and I mean. You, you kind of have to have that with any story. You just kind of right. So, because you you say you, that you were bored, and so I'm trying to understand. No, I wasn't like, bored. So you're not bored. No. So you're not bored. It's just those are the slower moments where I'm not as engaged. Right. With it, where I'm just like, okay, we're we're getting to just, something. What yeah, are we but getting you're still to? Still locked in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's weird to explain, but it's like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Those early moments are in the in a movie like that are are the moments where like if something happened, I could get distracted and mm. walk away from it. Where like by the time we're at the point where they're like he's eating the fucking dinner at the tavern and he finds the hunchback guy and they're getting in that shit. Like by that point, yeah, it's yeah. like if something happened, I'd be like, oh fuck! Like you, you okay, want to yeah, keep yeah, going yeah, yeah. and like. At that, like, there's, like, it's grabbed, it's it's sunk into you by that point, and it's... You're past the point of no return. Yeah, kind (laughs) of... You're locked in. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Well, see, you know, because it's a Western. I know that you don't have a foundation of Westerns, which is fun to watch spaghetti Westerns as your foundation. So <laughs> if we ever go to American stuff, I'm, I'm curious to see yeah, how, yeah. how different you'll, you'll notice it as. Yeah, because I, you know, I was thinking about it in those terms and what I was enjoying about the film. And, what, and it wasn't really any of the genre aspects to it. It wasn't like, yeah. oh, we're in this gritty Western town. We've got six shooters and shootouts. Right. And it was more just like just the weird entanglement of everything and how everything has different layers and yeah yeah like there's plans that are constantly like coming apart because some other guy's plan is fucking with it and then they both like fuck each other's plans up and like (laughs) that kind of interwoven connection to all these events is what is yeah there's a lot of that yeah so it was like western or not it was just a good story <laughs> right yeah, yeah you could make this not a western and it would be still a good movie right if you just if it was like a bank robbery in the fucking whenever the 50s or whatever the right, fuck, right you know it could still work if you just updated it you know the guns and stuff <laughs> <laughs> right or you could even like take it farther into the past and have them with like swords and yeah you crossbows could do that. or something like or yeah and maybe you couldn't take it back to caveman times or something, but I don't know. But fucking, <laughs> you can not, find a way to do I'd it. I'm sure, it, yeah. but Just clubs and shit, <laughs> clubs and rocks. <laughs> Good lord, they don't fucking. Do, uh, uh. <laughs> they don't even have a language. Just, uh, uh, just grunting and shit. Like, and what would the money be? I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Some fucking shiny obsidian or something i don't maybe, know maybe yeah. yeah basket of food who knows what would the... yeah food is probably a hot commodity in the caveman <laughs> days right some furs yeah. pelts and shit get up get up you know make your loincloth out of something yeah <laughs> yeah get a you know you could have it be some sci-fi epic and yeah the same yeah. thing with it Actually, westerns translate to sci-fi very well. They do, they do, Mm. yes. You got guns and (laughs) people out on the frontier. Yeah, it it always, uh, there's a lot of good parallels you can make with those two genres. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a solid story regardless of the genre, but uh, it is is a western, so there's lots of fun genre stuff, too. And if you wanted to visit the town oh, <laughs> of El Paso, right. it's still standing in Spain where they uh, where they shot the movie. Hmm. Um, 
they built that town for this movie. Oh, okay. And it's in a lot of other movies as well. Hmm. But they built it for this movie. And the uh, I read about it on, on the old Wikipedia, where they said that the, the extras bought bought the the town afterwards after the filming huh. was done and then uh just lived s- there <laughs> well no at some point they i mean it's like they, hey we built a town we might as well live in it <laughs> well they probably you know like rented it out to other movies i know like right, good bad right. and the ugly shot there and and a bunch a bunch of other spaghetti westerns shot there as well um but now it's like a little fucking theme park or whatever oh, like wow. a little little baby theme park and uh, you can go and hang out in the fucking saloon and shit. So if you're ever in Spain, anybody, yeah. fucking uh, check it out. <laughs> I don't know where in Spain. I don't know anything about somewhere, Spain. Somewhere, yeah. Somewhere in Spain is still there. Um, the region that they usually shot these movies is is Almeria, so it's probably somewhere around there, although mm. I am not sure. Yeah. Just uh, hits me how weird this setup is. It's a Italian film, yes. filmed in Spain, yes. set in New Mexico. Yes. <laughs> like yeah, that's what's weird about the whole spaghetti western thing is that it's it's, it's this whole like tangle of yeah, it's it's the Italians taking uh, just fundamentally American stories and just making them their own and. These are less weird than some of the other ones where it's like some of the other spaghetti westerns are like super fucking Italian and just weird, especially when you get into the comedies and stuff like Italian comedy is, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I'm not really a fan, but <laughs> it's fucking all like it's goofy, but not like the kind of goofy that I like. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but huh. it's like the old west and it's all fucking goofy and mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very unique flavor. So like the fact that you don't have a basis of American westerns, and you're just like, yeah, this, this, this is a western. <laughs> like it's weird to me because they're so unique, and mm-hmm. uh, we should watch like a an American, like a John Wayne western or something that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about from this same time because. I don't I don't know what John Wayne movies are from this time. I guess True Grit is around the same time, but that's kind of a different movie. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. They're different. Just trust me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're down for Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Yeah. Yeah. Down for that. Some people say that it's the best of the three. Hmm. We'll find out. We'll I guess. find out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't know. I I was always torn between that and Fistful of Dollars, but now I feel like this second one is better than Fistful of Dollars. Like, yeah, it's, it's, so I don't know. Yeah, it's just a lot of good stuff in there. Just uh, I do think it was weird how uh, they went into this whole big thing about the safe and how it's hidden in this cabinet. And, I fucking love that. You didn't it, like that? I mean, I liked it. I just found it weird that it's just like it didn't play more into it. Like, it's just he tells this big dramatic story and then they yeah. run and they grab it and then they just blow the cabinet apart and now it's a safe. And it's just like, yeah. there we are. That, that was that. It's well, done. Like, what, do you, what do you think they should have done with that? I don't know. Like, what more I just, I, could be done? I don't know that they should have done it. I just expected more of yeah. that to be, like, to play into it a bit more. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it sort of does in that the main characters aren't really aware of what's going on, and so when the bank robbery occurs it's kind of like yeah they're like what the fuck is going on because they yeah they don't know about it yeah so they were expecting a completely different yeah tack on the bank robbery yeah when the fucking wall explodes and they pull out a fucking cabinet they're like what are these guys fucking doing (laughs) yeah dumbasses (laughs) so i mean i guess there's that aspect to it yeah just the fact that it's just cool like 
Yeah, I it's mean, it's a safe this, in a cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like this. I don't know. That was another area where, like, that that big tension building musical scene where it like it has that guy who's the guard just flop down on the couch in front of it. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and it's fucking like, eating a sandwich. Yeah, it, it like it constantly <laughs> like cuts back to this shot of the cabinet sitting there in the, yeah, on yeah. the wall and just like this like dramatic build as they're timing it out and I love how that dude's eating a sandwich too. It's like so vulnerable. He has no fucking clue what's about to happen. Right. It's so good. Yeah, I guess I just expected it to be more of a heist kind of a movie. Yeah. And the heist is just, like, done and over. About yeah, what, like, I mean, halfway in or something. They and, they know they know what they're doing. Yeah. So they don't have to go through the whole heist thing, because they just, like, <coughs> they just do it and take it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that there have been entire movies about. And yes. And it's just, like, I just... I just thought there would be more to that. Yeah. And it then uh, throws a curveball at you. That's a move. That's a, a style of movie that I'm fucking, I get real tired of. The the heist movie. Right. Because it's, they're pretty much all uh, just beat by beat cliches. Mm. And so you just like, okay. All right. There comes this part. All right next <laughs> it's just so boring to me i don't know i've seen too many of them i guess mm. there's probably good ones though if i can think of it i can't think of a good one right now but i'm a little fried right now yeah but yeah they don't go into it much it just yeah uh, it just it just uh threw off my expectations a little bit that the movie yeah. was building up so much towards that and then it's just done and over and right right i think I mean, it is a big part of that middle section of the movie. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know how much else. I guess I expected that to be where the big climactic oh, kind of stuff. Like, okay. I, I kind of figured it would be like, oh, here we are. We're setting up all of these pieces of the bank because this bank is going to be this massive set piece action scene. Yeah. And, like, all of these. I, I like it because they're everybody's like timing the counting like it cuts like right oh, right like it's showing the bad guys like counting like oh th this is how many how much time yeah. it takes the guards to walk around and then it cuts to like clint eastwood and lee van cleve and they're counting each and it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. everybody's going on about that and it's it's showing all the different things that go on in the bank and i figured they would be like yeah like the bandits would come in and then like clint eastwood and lee van cleve would like jump them then and there'd be this whole big like scene and it would just be this whole intricate yeah. adventure inside that bank or around it and, yeah 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 and uh, no no we just blew a hole in the wall and dragged it off by <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> okay would you rather have it be the thing that you you predicted would happen though i i don't know i don't think because like wouldn't you rather be surprised yeah yeah and i'm not like complaining about yeah, it yeah. it's just like uh that was where my expectations were going yeah and they went nope <laughs> kind of pulled would, the rug out I would under me say there. that like I don't know <clears throat> if they really made because like, movies now it's almost like it's I mean they probably do it where they conceive of these giant oh this is going to be the set piece for the fucking beginning of the movie and like I don't think they thought of movies back then like in the same way yeah because there's not a lot of shit that's like that in old movies and i just wonder if if it's like like a more modern perspective coming back on it yeah i don't maybe. know i don't know it's a good theory i just yeah i don't know like I it's don't just know. a different approach to design and yeah because i don't I don't know when they started doing that in movies, but uh, I don't know. These fucking, they do it real bad in these Marvel movies where it's just like, okay, okay, I can see like, okay, this is going to be the big thing. And I don't, I, I just, it's kind of boring to me. Hmm. So I don't know, but I like to be surprised. Yeah. Not that the Marvel movies aren't fun, because they are fun. <laughs> They're very enjoyable to watch, but, but yeah, I don't know. 
not great in terms of filmmaking, I don't think. Technically, very proficient movies, but... Mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't know, you got anything else? Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like there should be something to say about something, but... <laughs> Something to say about something. Well, it doesn't get more fucking vague than that. That's the Silver Motion Podcast. There you go. Insights galore. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I would follow that up with a yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just no, like yeah. how intricate those weird plans were and how everybody just kept like tripping over each other and yeah yeah i always like stories like that for some reason like yeah just hey we're doing this thing oh it's screwed up but that screw up screws up somebody else's thing and it just it turns into a big train wreck of everybody just tripping over each other yeah yeah no it's that's a good way to tell a story it's yeah. a fun fun little thing and so I, I look forward to the good, bad, yeah. and the ugly. Yeah. Oh, I did love when uh, he pulls out the, when he opens the chest and he just pulls out his wanted poster. And he's just like, he's like, what? That's great. And they, he, he, they fucking overlay his laugh from that scene. Yeah, yeah. That, like, that, <laughs> that whole scene was just like really good. And it, it's That's great so because good. that whole scene when they like first show his wanted poster in the first place where he's yeah. just laughing and then it just cuts to it. Just, ah, yeah. Like that scene was really awesome in the first place. And right. then just that callback to it. Yeah, and so just good. Was like, so I, I loved that little bit. So good. Especially because for yeah. some reason I didn't like know it at the time that that was the wanted poster no they and don't I, show it because they don't sh- like he you show they show him leaving this thing in there and yeah. you know they've left something there right. and logically you maybe should predict that maybe i don't know because they do it earlier when in the first bounty he gets when he walks up at that hotel yeah and he just slides the wanted poster under the door oh he does okay yeah there, there's this yeah the the when he walks in on the girl in the bathtub and that guy that he's chasing way at the beginning. Yeah, the I remember it's, that. It's, and he puts the thing on. Okay. Yeah, he like he walks up to the door and he like just I don't I forget if he knocks on it first or what, but he like slides it under and you like hear them laughing inside and then suddenly it stops. He's like, oh, look at that. And then yeah. Okay. Then he like knocks on the door and then you get the pistol blasts and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like, oh, he he likes to just show off that. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of want to say there was something earlier that does that too, but. I don't know. I don't remember. Or not but earlier, yeah. but later. In, yeah. Somewhere else in the movie where that... So I kind of feel like, oh, that's I should have recognized that as something this guy does. And so that's what he's going to leave in the... Yeah, but that would kind of kill that, that reveal moment, Yeah, though. so it was kind of... It was really fun for to be surprised by that reveal. Yeah, and, yeah that's a solid fucking reveal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so yeah. good. Because, yeah, you just see it. He has, like, a little scroll thing. Yeah. And you just see him, like, putting it in there, and you just think, like, oh, it's a note or whatever. I don't know. Right. It's all West. Maybe they write on scrolls. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then you kind of see him, like, smooth it out, though, and you're like, okay, just making sure the guy reads it, I guess. Uh, so good though that yeah. reveal with the laugh and stuff love it yeah ton of fun there alright well yeah. lots of fun stuff yeah it's a good movie I'm glad you liked it uh, it was a little I, I always fi- like when I I'm always a little apprehensive because it's just like I don't know <laughs> and then I'm watching the movie and it's like I just I don't know how you could watch this movie and not like it. <laughs> right. It's dope. <laughs> this is one of the, you know, this is a classic for a reason. It's stood the test right, of time. Right. You know, it's old as fuck, but, you know, people are still watching it. Yeah. And so... so it's uh still got, just got a lot of good stuff in yeah, it. It's so, fun and so. awesome and... Yeah. So, yeah. If you haven't seen it, uh, you should watch it because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and... uh if you have seen it, 
Watch it again. <laughs> it, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I say that every fucking time. The same thing. Uh, um, but hey, that's what you expect at the Silver Motion Podcast. Consistency. <laughs> Consistency and facts. Yeah. And uh, so until next time, I will say adios. See ya. You can dream the American dream. Sleep with the lights on and wake up with a scream. You can hope against hope that nothing will change. Grab a hold the that fistful of rain. Grab a hold. to this garbage.